High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Tonight we kind of, we, this was not originally scheduled, uh, but we uh, uh, planned on, uh, uh, when we found out Chris was down here and all, we decided to, we were going to have him share already in the in the uh, Sunday night, but uh, we said, let's, hey, go ahead and plan on sharing on Wednesday night, but we're really blessed and honored to have Pastor Chris and Sarah Gabrielson with us. For you that don't know them, they pastor High Praise Central Minnesota and also High Praise Brainerd Lakes. They gave a really brief 30-second uh, testimony on Sunday morning uh, and uh, just about how that they actually were and uh, this when I say given a building I literally mean it they were given a church building they paid $47 to close on the building and that building belongs to high praise Brainerd Lakes now and it's just awesome and wonderful, and I didn't know some of the story, but uh, they told me the whole, that church was actually birthed kind of out of revival, a Pentecostal revival, and one of the things I sensed on Sunday morning was that God was causing them to take possession of forfeited inheritance, and I believe some of the forfeited inheritance uh, that uh, God is causing it to come into their hands, and uh, there's going to be a great move of God in that area, in that region. Would everybody believe me, uh, believe with me for the that to take place there, High Praise Central Minnesota. But anyway, Pastor Chris and Sarah are coming tonight. They are doing such an awesome job there in St. Cloud. I always, when I talk to them, I brag on them, tell them they're doing a great job. By the way, pastors need to hear that from time to time. And uh, because there's always some folks that don't think that you're doing such a great job, uh, but they really are. They're affecting the area, affecting the region, ministering to people, breathing the life of God within them. God is using them in a powerful way way to bring deliverance and freedom to those within that region, that territory. Can we just give a big praise God to pass, for Pastor Chris and Sarah Gabrielson as they come tonight to share the word of the Lord. Come on, let's give a big praise God for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I, uh, I'm going to have Pastor Sarah come up a little bit later and, and pray over you guys. So uh, um, we'll give her a, a chance. But uh, thank you. Uh, appreciate uh, being here. Appreciate uh, your warm welcome. How's everyone doing tonight? Come on, you're doing better now. How are you doing tonight? All right, you are alive, you are in church. The presence of God is here. It is a good time to be alive. It's a good day to be in church. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Pastor Robert uh, uh, talked a little bit about what's going on, uh, who we are, just uh, just a little bit more background here. Uh, I am Pastor Chris. This is Pastor Sarah. We have been connected to High Praise uh, in, in a strong way for about 12 years now. Uh, we got ordained in 2015. Launched High Praise Panama or High Praise uh, Central Minnesota in uh, 2016, and launched High Praise Brainerd Lakes last year in 2022, um, and and we've been, just been following the pattern, uh, trusting the Lord, going where, where he has tell, told us to go. We, we, when we stepped foot in this place, uh, even the, the day we got ordained, we never had any designs ever on starting a church. 
Um, in fact, God had to drag me kicking and screaming. I think Pastor Robert knew before we did. Um, he, he accidentally let it slip one time, something about high praise Minnesota, and Sarah and I were looking at each other like, was, was that intentional or not? And then about a year later, we were launching a church. But uh, um, that's the really quick backdrop of, what's, uh, of who we are. Um, we know a lot of folks here, but there's a lot of new folks as well. And so uh, uh, we're just happy to be here. Uh, but a few testimonies um, that, that have been coming out of uh, high praise, we'll just call it the, the Minnesota high praises, uh, just in the past few, past year. Uh, we've had some resistance, uh, which is going to happen any time you start a church. Uh, we've experienced the frustration that Pastor Joshua preached about on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, but we persevered and we have seen the breakthrough that he also preached about. So I'm here to encourage you, if nothing else, uh, what he says is true. We've lived it. Uh, there comes a time, you know, when you get to that snake line, we can sit here, we can listen to him uh, preach about the snake line. By the way, I was here the first time he preached it. It's one of my all-time favorite messages that he's ever preached. I've used it many times as an example myself. Well, you get to that place of, of the most resistance, and, and we can hear that message, and we can say, yes and amen, I'm going to push through. But when you actually get there, when you're living it, it is a different thing. You know it, you hear it. You hear Pastor Joshua's voice in your head saying, I know I'm at the stank line. I need, know I need to push through. And yet everything in you says, I want to quit. I want to turn around. I want to go back down the mountain. Uh, we've been there. We've been there in this past year, uh, but we have persevered and we have seen breakthrough because of it. Amen. Uh, in fact, we have a lot to celebrate in this past year in spite of all the frustrations that we've experienced as well. Um, we have some really cool testimonies. A couple of them is this. Uh, we have a young woman in our church. Her name is Katie uh, that uh, was diagnosed. She's in her 20s, 27, something like that. 23. She's 23 with a, at the time she had a less than one year old baby girl and she was diagnosed with a tumor, an inoperable brain tumor uh, that was right behind her eye. So it was so, uh, it, it, was, it was so hard to get to that they didn't even want to do a biopsy because the biopsy would have been too invasive. It was about a year long process going to the Mayo Clinic, one of the best uh, hospitals in the entire entire nation and ultimately they decided because she was getting worse she was having seizures things of this nature that they had to do the biopsy and she did have side effects from the biopsy uh, a month later um, she got the results of the biopsy now I should back up and say we've been praying for her this entire time praying declaring decreeing um, uh, declaring healing over her um, and, and in fact the doctors were telling her her parents who were ordained pastors with us to plan her funeral you might as well get arrangements ready so they get the biopsy a month later, they have to wait a month and they get the results and the doctor, the oncologist says to him, now remember this is a person who deals with this day in, day out, every single day. He says, I get to tell about one person a year this news. He says, you do not have cancer. Amen. Oh, but it gets better. It gets better. He says, what's more, I can't explain it. I don't understand it, but you don't even have a tumor. Now, we had seen the x-rays ourselves. The tumor had been growing, okay? So it was there and it had been getting bigger. He said, what I do see, and I can't really explain, is there's a scar where the tumor should be. I believe that where man couldn't do surgery, God did surgery. Amen? God, God did the unexpected and he left his little calling card on it. Amen? So now, instead of planning a funeral, they're planning a wedding. Amen. 
Another really cool testimony that we had, we had a, some special services, uh, healing services. We prayed for people. A woman came in first time uh, ever in the church, and she had an autoimmune disease, and she had a lot of things going on with her, but, but uh, I have a picture that I, for, I forgot I was going to bring and put up. Uh, if you would look at her hands, there's a before and after of her hands, her knuckles. They were bloody. They were, it was kind of like psoriasis sort of thing. Um, they were just raw and bloody and that sort of thing. We prayed for her that same night. This is a picture of before and after. Uh, the same hand, it goes from being bloody and scabbed to completely clean and clear and nothing wrong with it. Uh, if you're connected with us on Facebook, I put the testimony up there and you can see the picture. Um, but uh, it's an amazing, powerful testimony. The scabs literally, she got in the bath and they fell off and there was nothing but clean uh, skin underneath it. Uh, amen. Amen. But that was just the outward sign of what was going on. She also, uh, she also had um, autoimmune disease that she was uh, uh, healed from and medically confirmed. And what was it? Oh, failing kidneys that, that, that started working again. Yeah, me medically confirmed. Her kidneys were failing and now they're working again. I mean, she, God just fixed everything all in one shot. It was amazing, awesome testimony. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. And then also, of course, uh, as, as Pastor Robert mentioned, uh, our building testimony. Uh, we, we started meeting in, in Brainerd Lakes in, in another church building in uh, March of 2022. And then April 1st of this year, we signed the paperwork, making that uh, building officially ours, uh, debt-free, free and clear, $47 filing fee. That is it. And just to give you an idea of the scope of this, um, this is, you know, it's a gift. It was given to us. And, and depending on how you look at it, when you look at the, uh, um, the city, City, the value of it for property things, even though we don't pay property taxes, but the city values the building at close to a half a million dollars, but it's insured because you have to insure it at the replacement cost, about $1.3 million. So that is, depending on how you look at a half a million to $1.3 million gift that was given to us. Amen. Now, it's also like Pastor, Pastor Joshua preached that there's some work that needs to be done in order to, to really take hold of that, but we're doing the work and, and God is providing, amen? So we have had some struggles and frustrations in the past year, but there is a lot to celebrate, amen? And you know what? High praise Panama City has a lot to celebrate as well. You guys have a lot to celebrate here. I remember a little over a year ago being here, and, uh, and I remember releasing a word. Uh, other people, I think Pastor Paul had released this word, and, and maybe Pastor Robert had as well, about you entering into a new season, uh, turning the page, starting a new chapter, these types of words. And I remember the same thing in my spirit really strongly, that you're entering a new, new season, okay? And clearly that has happened. Amen. Can everybody say amen? That has happened. Uh, this, uh, on Sunday morning, Pastor Robert mentioned that you have, in this past year, experienced a 50% 50 growth, 50% increase. Amen. Now, that's something to celebrate. That is something, that's, that is amazing, and that is something to celebrate, not just, just numerical growth. 50% growth means there is more people being touched by God, receiving the life-giving prophetic word of the Lord. There's more families being restored. There, there, there's, there, there's more youth over there than there ha has been in a long time, right? That, that God is doing stuff. The dry bones are coming alive because this church is alive. So when there's a 50% growth, that means that there's more people being touched by God. Amen? So it's not just numerical growth, it's people being touched by God. And that is something to celebrate. Amen? Who can say amen to that? Amen. All right, here's the deal though. 
Anytime, anytime you have something to celebrate, anytime you have the opportunity to celebrate, along with that comes the opportunity for some other things. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Robert, he, he, he knows what I'm talking about. Things like jealousy, things like resentment, things like anger, like bitterness, offense. Anytime as a corporate body, a church enters into a season where you see, begin to see manifestation of promises, you begin to see breakthrough, you begin to cross over the snake line, you will have the opportunity for all of these other things to come alongside of it. All right, you guys with me? So tonight my message is, is this, if you, if for those of you note takers, if you wanna know the title of my message, it is called this, Where Is My Party? Where is my party? And what we're going to do is we're gonna look at the story of the prodigal son, but in a way that perhaps you haven't thought of it before. So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna look at Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verse, starting at verse 11. And I'm just gonna read the story to you and then we're gonna dive into it. You guys with me? Yeah. All right, let's do this. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Then he, this is Jesus said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Verse 15, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him to his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods the swine ate and no one gave him anything. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to, and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. That's usually where we stop, but we're gonna continue in verse 25. Now the older son was in the field and as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and he would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, the father said, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. But it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, that you anoint this time, you anoint this place, that you, you anoint me to speak in every heart, to hear, to receive the word that you have for them tonight in Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, in your Bibles, if, if it's like mine, this, this, uh, this parable, this story of Jesus, uh, the, the header of this, the title of this, probably says something like the parable of the lost son. Understand these headings are something that's just added in. It's not the actual scripture. And I don't think that that, that heading, that title is entirely accurate. I don't think it's actually the parable of the lost son. I think it's the parable of the two lost sons. I think there's two lost sons in this story, and we many times lose focus of the second one. The first son, the original prodigal, didn't value what he had with the father, right? He didn't value what he had when he was in the presence of the father. With me? Make sense? In other words, he wasn't putting value on the right things. He was putting value on the stuff, on the, on the finances, on, on what he could get out of that, the fun that he could have out of that. But what got both of these sons, both of the sons, to the place where they had a great inheritance? It was the father. The whole reason they had a great inheritance was because of the father, right? Everything good the first son had came from the father, but he only saw the value in the stuff, what he could get out of it, not the environment that provided the stuff, okay? And if you really think about it, this is exactly the same as the second son, the older son. What, you gave him the fatted calf? You didn't give me the fatted calf, I've been here all along. Why does he get that and I don't get that? It's the same attitude really, isn't it? You guys seeing it? Okay, same attitude. He, he wasn't appreciating what he had. The father actually responds and says, your focus is on the wrong thing. Your focus is on the wrong thing. Who cares about the calf? Your brother is back. I can get another calf. I got more calves. There's plenty where that came from. You only have one brother. There's plenty of fatted calves. The second son, he was right there with the father for all of those years. Okay? He's in the same presence. And he had access to all of those things. As a son, he had access to everything. Right? But he, even with that, he was more concerned with his performance. Remember what he said? I've never transgressed your commandments at any time. Now, following God's commandments is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that, 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 that we don't need to worry about that. But what I'm saying is when following the Father's commandments causes you to show more concern for a calf, for property, for things, for positions, for, for accolades, when, 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 when following the commandments makes your focus more on those things than your own brother, right? Something's missing, isn't it? Right? Something's off there, right? In other words, the second son did not reflect his father's heart regarding his own brother, regarding his own brother. You know, the context of this scripture, this is a parable that Jesus is saying, but in the beginning of Luke chapter 15, it says, in starting in verse one, that all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him, uh, drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them saying, he speaks several parables. So what we're reading in the parable of, of, the, of the two lost sons, is a response to the Pharisees and the scribes complaining that he was hanging out with, with sinners and, and eating with them, okay? So in that context, the Pharisees are kind of like the second son here, aren't they? Um, it's, it's uh, you know, understand the, con the context here. I'm not talking, you know, calling anybody a Pharisee. I'm just saying this is the context. He's, Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you have access to the same father. 
They had access to the same father. They, 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 they were a part of the covenant group, all right? They were the religious leaders at that time. Sometimes, you know, we forget that they were religious leaders. They had access to the same father that Jesus had access to, okay? You were right there with them, but you only focused on his commandments and you never really learned his heart. That's why I came. You scribes, you're the second son. You're complaining about the first son. But what Jesus is really saying is you were both lost. You're both lost, but only one has been found. He's saying to the, to the second son, you're dead and you don't even know it. You're dead and you think you're fine. You think you're good. You know the father's words, but you don't know his heart. All right? Now, I'm going to maybe make this a little more real and personal, tell you, tell, tell you a story about, about how this might look today. I, I once, I just had this, this interaction, it's just an online interaction. I thought it was a simple thing, silly me, but we had having this discussion about the gifts of the Spirit. And I made a comment how the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 uh, were available, all of the gifts are available to all the believers. Okay, anybody who wants it, all the gifts, God can use any believer in, in any of the gifts of the spirit that he wants to. Simple, right? That wouldn't cause a problem, would it, Pastor Paul? No, not at all. Whoa, did that cause a stir. People got upset. I was kind of taken aback. I'm, I'm used to people getting upset at things I say. That kind of comes with the territory of, of, of preaching, but, but I was not expecting this. People got really stirred up. And, you know, I, I actually just, silly me, I believe that uh, first, what 1 Corinthians 12 actually says and that the gifts are available to everybody. That's the context of not just that scripture, but everything. But not everybody sees it that way. It's a disagreement over words. They're parsing words. But, but my approach is just to look at the heart and, and say, you know what? If God could use the gifts of the Spirit, if they could be... If they're available to more people, that means that more people can be blessed by them, right? And that's my father. That's my God. He wants as many people to be touched um, by, by his power, by his goodness as possible. Why would God limit how he could heal? Why would God limit how, how he could speak to his kids, right? He wouldn't. In fact, if the gifts are, are limited to certain people can get certain gifts, that means that God would be subject to our gifts instead of us being subject to his gifts. Right? You guys catch that? If, 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 if uh, Pastor Gill has a gift of healing and I don't, now I can be like, well, it's not fair. What, did he get the gift of healing? I want the gift of healing, right? You see in the connection here? Why does he get the fatted calf? I wanted the fatted calf, but God's not a respecter of persons, right? And, and, and this, this is kind of the, the idea behind this, right? This, back to the parable. I, I think this is part of the moral of the story. Part of the moral of the story is that it is entirely possible to have the presence of God right there with you and still miss it, okay? In other words, to have the presence of God the prophetic word of the Lord, pastors that love you and appreciate you and are looking out for you right here and completely miss it. It's entirely possible. And in fact, it happens all too often. And this is something that we simply cannot forget or take for granted. 
especially when it comes to seasons of growth and seasons of celebration like, like y'all are in. Right? As God continues to do what he's doing, as you continue to bust through snake lines, as, you, as God continues to do the unexpected, we can never forget this. Because as, as, as these things happen, there's the opportunity for second son mindsets to creep in. All right? Now, uh, Pastor Joshua, you're, you're, uh, uh, you love history. Have you ever studied what, what actually ended Azusa? There's several things have ended Azusa. I, I knew you would have, right? I, I did this one time. You all know Azusa revival, right? And, and, and a powerful move of God in, in, in the early 1900s. I studied this. And you know one of the primary things that killed Azusa? There was a woman, a secretary, who was in charge of, of organizing everything. She had the list of names, the, the mailing list, so to speak. And she was the one that put the advertisement in the paper. And that was the big deal back. And that was the advertisement. It said when it was happening, where it was happening. That's how people knew. If it wasn't in the paper, it wasn't happening. Okay? And in some other groups, when, when Azusa got really big and really popular, there were other people that got jealous and they wanted to do their own revivals. And they got a hold of this woman. They got in her mind saying, you're not appreciated. They don't appreciate what you do enough. Come over with us. And she did, and she took that list, and what they did, and, they, and she called. They called the uh, the newspapers, and they they pulled the advertisement. And what happened was, is they couldn't get a hold of any of the people, and nobody thought. Was, and the advertisement was in the paper, so was, so nobody went anymore because they thought it was done. They self sabotaged the Azusa Street revival, right? All because something great, something awesome, something powerful, something to be celebrated was happening, and somebody said. It's just not fair. I'm just not getting the attention I deserve. I'm just not getting appreciated enough. It was so much better back in the good old days, even though that was a few months ago, right? A few months ago, sometimes the good old days aren't that far away, right? Oh, well, that was just free tonight. Okay. Um, so we have to put our value in the right things and we have to keep it there. Great things are happening at high praise. Come on. Great things are happening at high praise. And greater things are coming, hallelujah. Can somebody give an amen? Can somebody be in agreement with me? Great things are happening right now and greater things are happening at high praise, hallelujah. Whoo. But when the, second, when the first son came home, the second son's response was anger, jealousy. He was rebellious. And we can say to ourselves, I would never respond that way. I could never respond that way. I love my church. I love my pastors. I could never. But when the greater hits, when the greater hits, when whatever term you want to use, revival, awakening, hits high praise, at a greater level, when it hits Bay County, hits Florida, hits the nation, when, when, when things just explode, when God does the greater, and even more sons and daughters come into the house of the Lord and begin prophesying, all right? Then there will be the temptation to be like the second son and say, that's not fair. Where's my party? Where's my party? How about this? Y'all have had 50% growth in the past year. Praise the Lord, right? Well, why do you keep talking about this 50% anyway? 
They've only been here a year. I've been here 10 years. I've been here 20 years. I've been here since the second service. Right, Gil? I've been here the whole time. And all, all the mic time goes to these new people. All the focus is on the new people. Where's my party? I've been faithful. I've been serving. Now you got people up on the stage singing that, that I don't even know who they are. I've been serving faithfully. It's just not fair. It's easy. It's easy. It's, I mean, we can laugh now and we should, okay? And we can amen now and we should, but never lose sight of this. None of us are immune to this. None of us, okay? Because all of that sort of thing, that attitude, that mindset is putting value in this stuff. What can I get out of it? What can I get out of being at high praise? Is it being up here behind the keys? Is it being down here on a prayer team? Is it more men's seafood feasts? <laughs> right? What can I get out of it? Now, now, you should get something out of it. Understand that. But the mindset is wrong. Our focus needs to be on the presence, on the Father. I want to be in a place where the Spirit of God is. I, I want to be in a place that embraces the fullness of everything that God has for me, for my life, for my family, and for the family next to me, and for the family that's not here yet. Come on. Come on. In other words, let, let me put it this way. Don't let their celebration become your separation. Let's say that one again. Don't let their celebration become the fuel that causes your separation. And, and none of us are immune to it. It is so easy to fall into this. But you know what? It might be wise to remember what led to the party in the first place. And we're like... You know, praise the Lord. You know, he, he got this, the, the, the first son, he got this party. And the second son's like, where's my party? I didn't get to be married with my friends. But what if I told you, I'm going to throw you the best party ever. The best party you could possibly imagine. Like, you're going to love this party. And all you have to do to get this party, this is all you got to do in order to get the best party ever. Sell everything you own and use it to buy as much drugs and alcohol as possible, then I want you to get so high and so drunk that you black out for, let's say, 30 straight days, okay? Then I want you to go find a pig pen, crawl around in the mud, looking for food, worse than the slop that the pigs get, okay? Then when you're like eh, three quarters starved to death, then, then I want you to Take a walk. Let's, let's say it's 30 miles. 30-mile 30 hike, covered in pig feces, half-starved to death, three-quarters starved to death, 30-mile hike in the 105-degree sun, back to your father's house, back to high praise, okay? Then, when you do all that, when you are penniless, when you are broken, when you are starved, when you're covered in filth and in extreme shame, then, then you can have a great party. How good does that sound now, right? Would you really want that party? Or would you rather just stay in the presence of the Father? Come on. Now the truth is, if you're born again, you've already had that party, okay? 
So do you really want to go back and do it again? Why would we want to go back and do it again? How about instead we just stay connected to the source and celebrate those that are connecting to the same source instead of getting jealous of them, all right? How about we shift our focus and celebrate the right things? You guys with me? Hallelujah. I'm gonna have Pastor Sarah come up here and join me and she's gonna pray over you guys in just a minute as I close this out, but, but, but I wanna close out with this idea here. What you have, because remember, the story is about these two prodigals, these two lost sons, not valuing the right things. What you have here at High Praise is something of value. It is something precious. And, and, and you may not realize how precious it truly is, okay? But it's not patting you know, myself on the back or anybody on the back, it's just the reality, okay? Outside ministers come in and they recognize it. I've been here. I've been here for a lot of ministers, and especially their first time. It's one of my favorite things. They get up here and like, ooh, there's something special about this place. There's something different about this place. How many of you have heard that? Especially you guys have been here for ever since the second service. You've heard it many times, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and, and ministers don't just say that, all right? They don't just say that. There is something special here. Outside ministers recognize it because they travel all around and they see how, how dry bones there are in a lot of different places. And it's different here. There's a different spirit in the good way. Caleb had a different spirit. There's a different spirit in high praise. And that's a precious thing, okay? What you have here is precious because high praise recognizes that being in the presence of the Father is precious that the spirit of God itself moving and allowing the spirit to move is a precious thing that we should never take for granted. What you have here is precious because you have pastors and staff that truly, truly care about your well-being. In fact, they care about your well-being enough that they'll tell you the hard thing, right? Trust me, they don't like to do it. I don't like to do it. None of us, sometimes we get this idea in our head that they're just mean controlling and they're just looking for <laughs> mean, mean things to say to just, just cramp my style. We talk about it. We talk about it with our wives and with the other pastors and say, I don't want to do this. But if I'm going to love on them, I have to say the hard thing. Not every place does that. Not every place does that. It's a precious valuable thing that you have pastors and staff that care about you enough to speak the truth to you and know how to do it in love, right? We have to put value in that, all right? If we need a fatted calf, if you need a fatted calf, it's there for you. It's here, it's here for you already. We had a men's seafood feast, all right? There's plenty of fatted calves here at High Praise. Hallelujah. I think you actually literally had a pig, right, for the ladies a while back. But even more than the actual food, every time you come here, every Sunday, every, every Wednesday, you come up here and, and the prophetic word is released from this stage, you are receiving a fatted calf if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. That is more than most people get. In an entire lifetime, you have available to you every single week. Don't take it for granted. Value it. It's something that's precious. We don't need the, the second, the, well, either the, the son's fatted calf kind of celebration, okay? We don't need that kind of celebration, but how about this instead? 
let's celebrate the fact that we don't need a party. Right? Let's celebrate the fact that we don't need to have a party. Let's celebrate the transformation that is happening in the lives of the people connected to high praise, no matter how long they've been here, whether they've been here from the beginning or they just showed up here this week. Let's celebrate that God is transforming lives in families. Let's... See, God will never give you that which you're jealous of. Let's celebrate their victory like it's our own victory and God is going to do awesome things in your life and your family. Amen? So let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the people that come in. The people that come in and you're like, ooh, they have not been in church before. I can tell. All right, well, praise the Lord. Let's love on them. Let's give them some seafood. Let's give them a prophetic prophetic word and let's watch God work. Amen? Let's celebrate those sort of things. Let's celebrate the dunamis power of God alive and active in this church. That, that, that people can be healed, can be set free, that demons can be cast out, that cancer can, can go at the, the word of the Lord. Let's celebrate that you have a church that, that, that embraces that and releases that and also trains you to do the same. Let's celebrate those sort of things, amen? Whew. Let's celebrate that, that we can go boldly before the, the throne of grace, that we can praise and worship with freedom. Let, let's celebrate that, that we have pastors that lead by example. I mean, how about this? How about uh, Sunday morning? I, I, can, I never, even, even after all these years, never get over how many people are up on this stage. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, that, that is something that is amazing and powerful and something that we can celebrate. In fact, let's celebrate the fact that that praise, that powerful praise, silences the enemy. Yes. The enemy could use some silencing. I don't know about you. The enemy could use some silencing in my life, in my family. I'm sure he could use some silencing in Bay County, right? Well, you've got a church that knows how to silence him, right? Let's celebrate that. Let's not take it for granted. Come on. What I'm saying here is, oh, I don't like this song. I don't like the song. Why do they keep doing this song every week? Let's, let, let's, let's just get rid of those sort of attitudes. <laughs> you with me? Okay. I don't care if you like the song or not. Let's, let's, let's worship with understanding and praise with understanding and make the enemy flee seven different directions. Let's celebrate that, that we have pastors that, that know that and understand that and a worship team that can execute written judgment on the enemy. And let's celebrate that God is bringing greater to high praise. Come on. God is bringing greater. God's done great things. And God is bringing greater things to high praise. That means, yes, there's going to be greater opportunity for messes and greater opportunity for all kinds of craziness. But that also means there's greater opportunity for you. There's greater opportunity for growth. There's greater opportunity for discipleship. Amen. There's greater opportunity. The more people that come in here that, that, that don't have a clue what's going on and that God gets a hold of provides a greater opportunity for you to celebrate the victories in their lives, which gives you a greater opportunity to see the same sort of victory manifest in your life. You got a prodigal you're believing for? If a prodigal walks in this door and gets saved right up here, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate it like it's yours because the next one could be yours. Amen. Don't get a mindset that says, Pastor Robert prophesied this two years ago and I still haven't seen it. Celebrate, 
get rid of the stinking thinking and, and, and focus on the things that are truly of value. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's celebrate that souls are gonna be saved. Families are gonna be transformed and restored. And then when that happens, and, and there's celebrations for th that happen for them, that's okay, right? We can celebrate, we can sit back and we can watch them celebrate and that's okay. You with me? Let's, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna release this to Sarah and have her just pray over you for, for a moment here. So I heard the Lord say, high praise, I've called you a remnant. And I heard the Lord say that I'm bringing you together like the sheep of the fold. And I, that's in Micah 2. And when it says that, it says he brings you together like a sheep of the fold. And I think it was last year I prophesied that there was going to be many who have been scattered who are going to come back. And we've seen some first fruits of that, right? But it's not done yet. There's been many who have been scattered for all sorts of reasons, all sorts of reasons. Some of them were good reasons, but he's not done bringing them back. They're coming back. I hear the Lord saying, I'm bringing back the remnant like the sheep of the fold. And Micah 2 says, when the sheep of the fold make a loud noise, when the sheep of the fold make a loud noise, then the breaker goes before, the king goes before them. I heard the Lord saying that the breaker is gonna go before high praise because they make a loud noise. I heard the Lord say, when you make a loud noise, when you celebrate, the breaker's gonna go before you. He's bringing you together as a remnant and a remnant is a pretty cool thing. You can celebrate, a remnant can celebrate when all the world is going crazy. Amen. Cause that's what makes you a remnant. Right, right. That's what makes you a remnant. So when you celebrate, you're doing what the rest of the world doesn't in that particular circumstance. I heard the Lord saying, I'm bringing you together as the sheep of the fold. And when the sheep make a loud noise, when high praise makes a loud noise, the breaker will go before you. The king will go before you and you will break out and you will break through. And the Lord says he's going to bring forth breakthroughs. It's been prophesied so many times since I've been here and I haven't been here long. He's bringing forth surprises, breakthroughs, things that you don't expect. I confirm that word because I heard it too. So don't get weary in well-doing. Don't miss it because you got your stinking thinking. Celebrate, amen? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. You guys receive that? You, you get something out of this tonight? I'm gonna invite Pastor Robert to come back up. And as he does, I just wanna do one last thing. Um, this, this is a high praise church, so I think you guys know how, how to do this. But, but as Pastor Sarah said, that the sheep of the fold made a loud sound. And the breaker went before them. So I want you to make a loud sound. That was just a warm up. I want you to make a loud sound, but I want you to make a loud sound and I want you in your heart and in your mind to do this. I want you to picture this and I want you to think about this, that you are celebrating not your breakthrough, but your neighbor's breakthrough. Yeah. 
all right? But you're gonna celebrate. You're, you're releasing a sound so that your neighbor can see their breakthrough, so that your neighbor can see their prodigal come home, so that your neighbor can see that financial breakthrough that they need, whatever it is. I want you to release a sound that says, I'm doing this for, for, the, for the fellow sheep of the fold, and then the breaker's gonna go forth, and God's gonna go forth, and he's gonna make things happen, and he's gonna do things, amen? You ready? Just, just release the, the sound of the Lord. One, two, three. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.